And we got episode 72, Cherokee Rewind. It's Mick. And it's Kurt Shainer, the guy who played back in the early part of last decade. And, man, it's been about a decade now. So, my goodness, uh, the time flies, I tell you. This guy was a defenseman back in the day with Toledo. And, Kurt, uh, welcome, and thanks for doing this, man. appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Mick. Hey, hey Kurt, um, let's see. Can you not? Can you turn your volume just a, a squidge down? Because you're 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 blowing my ears off here. That better? A hair more. Are we good now? Yeah, I think we'll make that work. All right, perfect. Okay, thanks, buddy. Um, now uh, I always do a thing where I try to remember the jersey you wore when you played in Toledo, and ninety-eight percent of the time I get it wrong just because it's twenty years worth of players. But yeah, I, I think I remember yours. I think so. Uh, 24. Perfect. Right on. Yeah. That's what I thought. I thought I, it, there's a, there's a few guys. I mean, the farther back I go, the better, more or less I am. Uh, I recently did Mike Sisks and I thought I had it nailed and it's like, uh, oops, nope. <laughs> you know, so I do that a lot I, where I think I know what it is, but at least, but yours, I remember because you and I used to, uh, when we had the road trips and stuff, you would chit chat. You and I oh, would yeah. chit chat quite a bit and stuff. So, you know, it's like stuff like that. I remember. You know, I always so. like coming. Up, I always like coming up talking during the intermissions. My mom loved hearing me on the uh, broadcast, so I made sure to get up there a few times to make yep. her happy. Talk, come talk to you. So, well, that's always that's always a bonus. So that's always a bonus when you can make brownie points with the with the folks. So oh, yeah. now. Uh, Let's get started. You're a Michigan guy. Uh, tell me about uh, where you're from and uh, what got you interested in this game. Uh, so I'm from Royal Oak. Uh, you don't know where that is. That's um, you're about 20 miles north of Detroit. Um, nice little suburb. Um, I got into the game pretty early on. I want to say I was four when I started like uh, picking it up. Um, five when I started skating and uh five and a half when I really um when I got into my first games and uh, I was interested my mom was always a big big hockey person um her dad played and he grew up in Montreal in the early you know 1900s before, before World War II actually and um yeah he played all the time so he always skated with her as a kid and that kind of got her into it he um he passed before I was born so it's kind of like she's you know she saw a lot of me or a lot of him and me so uh, gave me skates, gave me a stick, and picked it up right away. Um, it was funny. I was actually skating in like a learn how to play camp, and there was a team that called that um was watching me, and it was it was a house team, and they had two of their guys go down. I think one broke his leg, one broke their arm, and they asked me to come sub in for the for the you know few games they had in playoffs. And my mom looked at me and goes, "I'm six years old." He goes, "Make sure to get out there and hit someone, Kurt. You know, really hit them hard." I get out there, my first shift, and I just destroy some kid. I'm cheering. My mom's cheering. All the parents are like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I asked the ref, what what I do? It's talk. You're supposed to hit. He goes, you're six years old. You can't start hitting until you're 12. I'm like, oh, well, my mom said I could. So. <laughs> now, that's funny. That is funny. It, it, they're right. You're not. I, I, was, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, you usually don't hit till peewee or, you know, but uh, holy cow. Oh, man. So, uh, hey, you, you set the tone early there, Kurt. Look at it that way. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. You put you set the tone early. Now, uh, did was there other any other things that got you really fired up for the game at all? I mean, a lot of guys, especially back then when they were little kids, uh, it was anything from uh, watching Youngblood to the Mighty Ducks uh, stuff like that that got their interest peaked um, when they were when they were little guys and stuff. Uh, did any of that kind of stuff have an effect on you as far as growing up and and wanting to play and getting more interested in hockey, or did you just kind of blow that stuff off? Um, you know, I wasn't really big into the movies one. I, I I loved watching The Wings with my mom and dad. I mean, that's back when they were you know kicking butt back in the heyday of the Red Wings. So it was that was always nice. Um, and then yeah, I mean I had friends that are made where they all you know pretended to play so i'd stick goalie pads on them and we shove them in the net and my buddy theo and i would just you know take turns playing one-on-one and 
watch my buddy kind of cower in fear as we're shooting tennis balls at his face. So, yeah. Did he have a mask on, or did he did he go all Jock Plan on you? Um, you know, no mask. I mean, we were we we're six years old, so I don't know if we could shoot that hard. And I mean, a tennis ball at six years old, it doesn't just doesn't seem to hurt as much as it would when you were when you get a little older and realize, ow, things hurt. You know. <laughs> well. You, you never know. I mean, to a six-year-old in, in goal, oh, man, that, that thing is like, that's a howitzer to him. You know, <laughs> I guess it's, it depends on which end of the ball, uh, tennis ball you're on. But uh, so now you said, you know, after that uh, little uh, introduction to to the game uh, in terms of hitting, uh, where did you play after that? I mean, did you start in uh, in mites or... So that was um so I did like that was like three or four games of mini mites and I stuck with the uh Royal Oak had a really nice house program so I stuck with that till probably fifth grade so I think I was about um eleven or twelve and um the last year of house I think I was like I think I was the second or third player off the you know the draft and we had managed to get another pretty good guy so we made a pretty good run and I moved back defense then too and um and after that I started playing travel um and that kind of turn I played travel in fifth and sixth grade and then I played triple a from seventh grade so when I joined the Cherokee so well now let me ask you back and backing it up here a little bit you talked about you know transitioning to defense uh you were on offense then apparently up front and what caused you to what caused you to switch back over to d so I um so it was fifth grade and my So I, um, so it was fifth grade and my buddy and I tried out for a travel team. He made it. I didn't. It kind of heartbroke me. So my mom signed me up for private lessons and the coach on the travel team said, you got to learn how to skate backwards. I'm like, I, I can do that. And um, after those lessons, I think throughout high school or throughout college and everything too, I could always skate faster backwards than I could forward. So I just kind of switched to D at that point, and I had, a, I had the most famous move in the league. I would just kind of take my stick and swing it on the ice, a long sweeping poke check, and it, would, it always worked somehow. So, yeah, I would, um, that was my move, and I just yeah, I stuck to D. I, I, liked, I liked being able to see everything in front of me. I still do. I, I hate – I can't play four for the life of me. I tried, I tried it men's league a few times. I just – I couldn't get the transition. I like being the one to start it and then let the forwards get in the zone. I just, I couldn't do that. So um, I always like playing D. I like rushing the puck up as best as I could. And, you know, see, I like seeing things and knowing when people are going to hit me or not. So. Yeah. There's that. Now, who were the coaches that you grew up playing for? Do you remember uh, from the, when you were small all the way up? Uh, house coaches. Um, you know, there was one, uh, Corey Temple. He was a, the last house coach, he's he's one of the probably one of my favorite house coaches. Um, he's the one he he had, he, he was more a defensive coach, so he kind of gave me little pointers here and then. And then um, I played with uh, Bud Hegan for three years. That, that was my whole middle school career. And those teams were um, that's where I jumped from travel to AAA. He had a travel team, and then he moved to AAA. And uh, God, we were. We were god awful. I'm not gonna lie. We were god awful. We we had nine guys, and he would put us in these Canadian tournaments every no. single weekend. And I mean, nine nothing, ten nothing, ten to one. But we had nine Ds. We we had nine players. I would three D, so I would play two thirds, two over two thirds of the game because my other two defensemen weren't the best. But you know, it just got me, you know, a lot better. But Bud Hegan was the big one. Um, a lot of AAA coaches, um, kind of like, I, I could never get into the Midwest elite, which is, you know, the big shots up in Detroit. So I always played kind of for the off-brand teams. And then, um, you know, Bud Hegan, I say, was the biggest one. He's the one who wanted me to try out for the Cherokee. He actually coached, um, Doug Lindensmith and Nick Yost. Okay. Wow. So I kinda, yeah, I kind of followed in their footsteps when they both made the Cherokee back when you guys were junior B team. Um, the next year, I think it was 13 or 14. I tried out for you guys and I, just to go to the camp. And then I did it again. I was 15, 16. I think Duncan, by that time, Duncan knew who I was. And, um, he drafted me when I was 17. So that's how I got, um, 
all the way up to the Cherokee. Oh, okay. So, uh, were there other players, like when you were 13 and 14, that you played against or with that you might have known that went on, that you saw them later on in junior hockey? Um, there was a few guys that they all play on the um, on Motor City Chiefs. Um, you know, Derek Vanderlinner, Danny Edwards. Um, oh, I can't remember what one of the names, but they were all on the Chiefs their last year. Um, they were all my age. Um, you know, it was always fun playing the Motor City Chiefs. If you remember, oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> they always played out of uh, was that Camfield Arena. Yeah, that um, yeah, that was not a very fun reason to play. No, it was not. I had um, to, I had to, I had to literally hop from the stands onto a roof of the of a little like uh, office they built. It wasn't like built into the 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 conceptual architecture of the place. They literally stuck it add on inside there while they were. Well, it had already been built, and they put an add-on to this uh, add-on office with stairs. And but the thing was, was that it was next. It was like on on the other side of the of the stands. Yeah. And you couldn't get to it because there was a fence. There was a fence, so it, the fence went up towards the top of the steps of the of the stands. So you literally had to like leap over from the stands over the fence. It, it was about the same height. You had to leap over, step over it to get to the roof of the office building that they built in the corner of the rink so that I could get over there to set up so I could do play by play. <laughs> it's like, oh, I love this place. But, you know, I mean, it, it was what it was. And well, I, now, to be fair, to be fair, the owner of the Chiefs, it, uh, he I don't I don't know if he still was at the time that you played uh, Gary Lulov. He was the owner of the Chiefs, and that guy chain smoked like a fiend. But uh, he, uh, I walked in there, and you know he'd be sitting in there, and uh, hey, you want a beer? <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm like getting ready to, you know, broadcast stuff. He's like, hey, you know, I'm like, no, I'm good, thanks, Gary, <laughs> appreciate it. But uh, you know, he'd be like, you know, he didn't care. He was just, he just did his own thing. He walked to the beat of his own drum, and uh, he'd go in there and stuff. And then I'd say hi to the you know, the Motor City broadcaster and stuff like that. And we, it was hard because they'd have us sitting side by side, literally next to each yeah. other. And it's like, how are you supposed to do a broadcast with your own train of thought to your people listening when you've got the other guy from the other team literally shoulder to shoulder with you? There's no big room, like two different rooms, windows that you could lean out to do the games. They were, I mean, we were, yeah, it was just right there. And that made for, oh, it was awful. Yeah, well, actually, um, when I played with Bud and for Triple he with Triple um, we played for I played for Motor City Chiefs. That was his team, and that was where uh, Yo where Yost and Linda Smith both came from too. They were two years older than me, so I actually skated with um with Doug's younger brother. But um, and my dad and his dad were pretty good friends, so we'd carpool together, go to practice one night. We uh, played on a Melvindale Arena, which is ten. I mean, compared to Canfield, it was just 10 times nicer, which I never know why they moved from there. Cause I think, I think they, they played a few of their junior games out of there too, when I was younger, but you know, everyone moves. I think it's probably cheaper to go play out of Canfield than was Melvindale. So I'm not really well, sure. But. That that wouldn't surprise me at all. But uh, now I'm trying to think, what was Doug's brother? Was it David? Lindenson? Yeah, David. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause uh, I, I remember his dad. I remember their dad. He was a pretty cool dude. That guy, I mean, you talk about doing whatever it took to take care of your family. I oh, remember yeah. he moved out to Alberta yep. because he moved out there to work uh, in the oil in- industry and stuff. And uh, he, he that had to be uber hard. Uh, you know, not, never mind the fact that you're away from your your your, your kids, not, but away from your wife, the whole nine yards. You know, well, imagine that's... having that guy be your defensive coach and screaming at you with his coffee breath. Oh my <laughs> well, god! Yeah, but he was a he was a very scary coach. But I mean, he was nice nicest guy when he wanted me. But when he wanted your attention, him and Bud would just they would get purple in the face screaming. But I mean, he was a great coach. It was I think the funniest Linus Smith story I could tell. We um. 
we're going, we're going to Peoria from, um, for a tournament. And he drove this big, big Subaru. I mean, he's a big guy. He was six, five, six, six, big guy. And on his way to pick my mom and myself up, his car, his power steering uh, died out. My mom had this little 04 Jeep livery. actually still drive it to this day. And watching him try to drive this thing was the funniest thing in the world. Cause his, his head would, he had to bend his head neck like this. So it was, so he could fit into the car. And oh my they, gosh. like, I'm six foot and I still, I'm still kind of crunched, like crunched driving it. I mean, if I had six, seven more inches on me, I don't know. I don't even know how he drove it for a couple hours. So. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. And he that's also cool. had the best mullet though. Oh yeah. Yeah. He had the, he had the flow going, man. That was, that was, that was him. But uh, yeah. Yep. Great guy. And um, it's, that was funny. Um, now when you played back then, um, were there who were the teams that you I mean, well, obviously, if you didn't have a very good team there, uh, it made it hard to, I guess, pick one. But who is the teams that you really got fired up to play against? Well, um, yeah, after after the Chiefs, that was seventh eighth grade. Um, you know, I played for a number of triple I played for three triple A teams in, um, you know, freshman, sophomore and junior high, high school. And we weren't part of that Midwest League, but every time we played one of those, it was just the hypest game. I mean, not so much freshman, our team still was all right, but my um, sophomore and my um, junior year, we actually beat a few of them. And we, um, my my lab, my senior, my junior year, the um, right before I went to Cherokee, I played for the uh, Motor City Machine. It was a new new AAA team. It was a 16 and under. And they used to be the Taylor Wild travel team, so they jumped up a level. And I was one of the, you know, four or five, 16-year-olds they had, they had on the team. So they, you, you can only have, like, four or five to get over to play Canada tournament, Canadian tournaments. And, you know, I was one, they, we did a few. But we played Bell Tire three, two or three times that um, year, including one in Nationals. We beat them every time. And that was probably the greatest, especially beat them in Nationals. We beat them in a shoot or, uh, sorry, States, not Nationals. Uh, we beat them in a shootout in states, and that was probably the hypest moment I've ever had. You know, playing youth hockey, just taking down one of those, you know, you know, big dogs. I'd say. So. Yeah, yeah, that's understandable. That's also awesome feeling. Um, so, uh, why? What was in your head as far as why you didn't play like high school hockey? I mean, is there a reason in particular? Or? I'm not particularly. I mean, I, I had a group of buddies that I, I like playing tri- AAA with. And, um, you know, there was two or three of us that, um, you know, kind of found each other playing on the same team for three years in a row. So that was pretty nice. Um, I just I, – I, my high school team wasn't really that good either. So, um, you know, they, they didn't – they were kind of like my teams in middle school. And um, I felt – I could just go play AAA and play a lot more games, see a lot more cities, just do like play a lot more than the high school thing. So that's what I did. You know, just something I did. That's all right. Nothing wrong with that. Where'd you go to high school? Uh, Roy Loke High School. I was first four year class. They used to have two high schools in my freshman year. They combined them both. And yeah, so it was the first four year class of Roy Loke High. Okay. So um, now that had to be fun. I mean, the the talk about the all the travel you had to do playing travel and yet still having to do homework still having to go to school and uh try and function at the same time um i was always pretty good at school so the school wasn't really the um you know big thing um social life i kind of lost that on but you know the, the friends you didn't really get to hang out with in high school or the friends you you were on the road with, you know, the other friend you were on the road with for, you know, your whole, you know, the whole season. You kind of, your other, you, it kind of turned from the brothers in the most part. I mean, I still see and play with a lot of guys I played juniors in college and travel and AAA with. And, yeah, I wouldn't ever give up those memories just to, you know, stay in high school and hang out with the guys, the same guys over and over again. I, I liked meeting new people. I got a lot of new different friends from different schools that I would have never met because I would have just, you know, not played or, or play high school hockey. So. Okay. That's understandable. Well now, um, so 
when you go through that whole process of playing um, and, and, and during your high school years, but you're playing travel, um, did it ever like sink in your head? Like, what am I going to do next year? What am I going to do next year? Each, each year that could, because you go, you play three different uh, teams, triple A teams. Uh, did you, did it ever, you know, like get you kind of concerned as far as what your future held as far as hockey was concerned? Um, a little bit, but I, I guess I never really thought of it. I just thought, you know, I want to go play hockey. So I'm going to go play hockey somewhere. Um, yeah, I, 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 was, I always thought, you know, if, I, if worse came to it, I could go back. I could play for my high school team. Um, I, I knew the coach. I actually, um, one of my house coaches was, was the high school coach's brother. And my mom, my mom and dad knew the family pretty well. So it was always, you know, I always had to, not, I wouldn't say super close bond, but, you know, the bond is, you know, a little bond, I guess, with the head, with the head coach of the high school team. So he was always a, new, a cool guy towards me. So I skated with them in the summer a lot too, just to get on the ice more. And, you know, he never said no, he never you know, so no, you can't come skate with us unless you come play for me. So he's always pretty cool about it. So that's that's the best when they can when they when they're that understanding. Um, so now you talked about uh, dunk drafting you as a 17 year old. That had to be pretty cool. I mean, that someone found enough had enough interest in you to draft you. What was that like? What you, how'd that feel? That was pretty cool. Um, I, you know, I got to pick the phone up, talk to Duncan for a few minutes about it. Um, you know, I've been trying out for trying out for the Cherokee for three years, hoping one day, you know, I was going to make it and be able to play. So, um, just hearing him on the phone, you know, telling me we we pick we, we're picking you up and want you to come out and skate for us right away, and you know, come to camp, come do this, come do. That. I remember getting to camp and you know, meeting him. Shaking his hand, had talking to him for a few minutes, and then getting on the ice skating. And I think the, funny, the funniest thing, I mean, it's a, it's a complete Duncan thing to do too. Is he um he we were in the middle of a scrimmage, and he blew his whistle. He's you know above the there was a place above the penalty box, kind of like upstairs, yep. and he mm-hmm. blew his whistle and looked at me and goes, "Kurt, come here." And he's like, he "Looks at everyone. You guys keep playing." He talked to me for like two minutes, just said, "Hey, you did this, this wrong." Try doing this next time and get back out there. And it was, you know, the whole time the plays going on behind me. I'm like, this is cool. I, I, I can really get behind this guy. He's, he's really easy to listen to, really easy to follow. And I mean, it, his instruction made complete sense to it. It worked out for me the next shift. So, well, he's a pretty intense guy. So he, he had your, he could get your attention pretty easy. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. So, uh, um, so tell me what it was like that, you know, that first time you walk into a Cherokee locker room, did you know anybody uh, on the team when you first walked in there? Um, so David Lennon Smith, he made the team. He played for, um, for a few months or for, I think, I think a month the first. So I had him. Um, it was pretty nice actually. I mean, walking into the, uh, actually when we all made the team, we all went down to the gym and he had his meeting and we all stood up and said we were from, and I said, you know, I was from Royal Oak, Michigan, and blah, blah, blah. And then Frank, Madiak, and Mike Silky both walked up and he goes, hey, you're from Royal Oak, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah. And, you know, you know they were from Frazier, I think, somewhere out east. And, um, like, we should, well, you know, we carpooled with so-and-so last year. We need new, someone else to carpool with. So I, I'm like, yeah, it's, I mean, that saves gas, saves time, makes all sense in the world. You know, one of us drive one week, the other two get a take a nap two days. So. Um, you know, I guess that was pretty cool having the captain and another 89 or yeah, 89 get, you know, drive down with you every day for practice. So I feel like I kind of like brought into the door and boom, I get to, you know, drive down to practice with the captain. So uh, that was pretty cool. Well, I I will say this, Maddie was a really, I thought was a really good captain because he, he, I remember as a rookie, when uh, rookie initiation and everything, he was not too cool with it. So he decided he wasn't going to treat his rookies the same way uh, and didn't. So, and you I mean that takes guts, it takes leadership, and it took uh, someone with the disposition to be of uh, that type to be able to do it. And he did. Um, now, 
when you played uh do you remember your first game yeah i do we um we played the chiefs <laughs> uh it was a fun i mean i think by the third period duncan was playing all the uh all the rookies and um yeah i kind of i got my first point against chiefs that first game i wish you know it should have been a goal but um i got the puck at the blue line. i think it was probably our 10th goal and i shot it and it was either Tyler Joy or Trevor Langer or Langle. And I hit them in the butt and the puck ricocheted into the back of the net, their net. So <laughs> I got my first, <laughs> someone got there. It was either Joy or Langle that got their first goal off a slap shot from their, off their butt. So I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, um, yeah, I'd say so. Uh, now, do you, do you remember your first goal? Yeah. Um, so didn't score on my first year. Kind of disappointed that um, Duncan tried to get me one in the last game of the season. Um, he put me out there with power play one. And, you know, Maddie, Maddie's like, all right, Kurt, I need you to stand from the net. When the puck goes down below the, below the goal line, come out and get sit, sit in the slide. If it doesn't, sit back, watch for a tip. You know, didn't get my goal then. But uh, first game, my second year, we're playing Metro. And... And we're we're up like five nothing at the end of the second, and I'm out there for the last shift, of the second period. There's about ten seconds left, and uh, Tickner has the puck in the slot, and he sees me kind of streaking down below the circles. And I don't know how he did, but he fed he fed the puck through like two or three guys' sticks and um, sticks and skates. It hit me below the goal line. I kind of just brought the puck up and tucked it in the net. The goalie was about five six feet out of the net, so. That was the first goal. It was uh, all set up by Tickner. Yeah, but still, that had to be nice to get the monkey off your back. Oh, yeah, it felt wonderful. I mean, first came of the new season and getting a goal right away. It was just it was a, it was a, it was just a nice little uh, breath of fresh air. Yeah, I bet. Now, um, in that first season, uh, who was your defense partner? Do you remember? Um. I played. I really played with everybody. Um, I want to say I played with uh, I played with Zilky lad. I remember. Um, but yeah, we had, we had a lot of guys kind of filtering out back there. Um, I played with Worst for a minute. Um, I want to say um, O C Kevin O'Connor too. I played. I played with him for. But I think mainly I was stuck with Zilky or uh, Eric Fletcher. So. Man, that's that's a uh, gosh. That's been a long time. I forgot about uh, I forgot about O'Con uh, OC. You know, yeah. that's you is that's that's a long time ago. And man, some of those names you just brought up, I'm like, whoo, Trevor Langle. He, oh know, yeah. You know, of course, Tyler Joy. I remember very well. But uh, but yeah, Langle and, and who was the who was your goalie back then? Do you remember? So we had um we had Duck to start the season out, and I think Duck got traded about a month in to make room for someone else. I forgot who, but uh, we had Boots. I oh, think yeah, at the end of the Boots season up. we had Boots. We had Wasaki, and then we had uh, Zach Mealy, Meelan. Meelan, yep. Meelan. Zach Meelan. Yep. Yeah. And then Brian next West year. Next year was, was yeah. Next year was Saki was he went from number three to number one on my second year and just tore it up. So he did a great job my second year. I mean, got all that confidence and it was a great goalie to have back there. Yes, he was. He was fantastic. Uh, we'll talk about second year here in just a minute. Um, okay. So uh, who are some of the who are some of the guys that like to mess around and and, and give you guys crap and stuff in the in the locker room and and on the road, things like that. Who are some of the funny, smart Alex that like to like to uh, rabble rouse? Uh, you know, um, I, I want to say the funniest guy was probably Kelsey Lucas Kelsey. So he always had, you know, he's a smaller guy, but he just had a fast mouth and he could chirp and he could talk and tell jokes. He was a really funny guy. But um, um, I remember one of the guys I used to, that you know, Silky would be the one that would mess with me a lot. But I'd, I'd get back at her one time and um. And how were we? We were all playing um in the showcase, and they went in Azoki and someone else went in and kind of tornadoed my room, and I didn't know who it was. And then Frank comes down and goes, "Kurt, it was Zilky who did that. Here's here's the room key. I'm rooming with them. Um, you know, just go ahead and mess up his stuff. Don't mess up mine too much. Just make it look like you got everybody." 
So I went in there and I just tore Zoki's bag apart to get back at him. And it was just it was it was all fun. Um we all kind of messed with each other. Um did Zoki get did he find out that it was uh, you? Oh yeah, Zoki found out it was me right away. Uh, I remember driving down, you know, because I drove with Zoki Frank and then at the end um Sean Serpelia every day down the practice. I mean, I'm a 17-year-old, they got a 19, a 20, and a 20-year-old, they're all you know, twice as big as me so i remember just we would wrestle in the car we would you know just mess around entirely i mean it was always, they're the ones who kind of um taught me how to get a little tougher a little more grit in my game those three i'd say i mean they would you know teach me how to wrestle how to grapple on the ice i think my um i was messing around with sean at the end of practice one day and you know sean's a really big guy i still skate yeah. with sean every now and then he's still the same old sean um you know, calling the wild man, it's all the speed in the world, and the, just fight people too. But I was uh, messing around with him, and he goes, "Are we really fighting?" I'm like, "Yeah, we're really fighting." I gave him a little punch in the side. He goes, "You, you sure you want to?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." He clocks me one on the forehead. I'm like, "I'm like, step back a little bit. I'm a little dazed." He goes, "You're right, you're right." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." yeah. I think I'm all right. I think I'm all right. <laughs> Help me skate out. He's <laughs> like, but "Yeah, we're not doing that anymore." So probably a good idea. Yeah, I wouldn't want. Yeah, I still, I still don't want to fight Sean. He still has that kind of crazy look in his eye when he gets, when he gets going. I mean, I had him in beer. I, had, I still play with him in beer leagues, and I gotta, you know, calm him down every now and then. I'm like, it's just beer league. There's no reason to go after this guy. You're gonna get kicked out for like two, for like two or three games. Just, you just let it go. I'll go, I'll go yell at him and talk to the ref. So. That's funny. You know, now, uh, did you get into a lot of fights in that first season, or no? I got into one. It was actually, um, you know, Luke Kelsey came up to me and goes, Kurt, you know, every rookie's got to get in at least one fight. I'm like, really? I mean, I, I don't, I'm not really a fighter. <laughs> I'm more of a, you know, just a passive, you know, kind of defensive defenseman. He goes, no, you got to get in at least one fight. So, um, you know, bring it back to the same, the same team, the Chiefs. <laughs> and this one kid looks at me and slash me, you want to go? Like, 24, you want to go? I'm like, no, no, no. And then, you know, 10, 30 seconds head off. I'm like, yeah. Lucas said I got to fight, so I, I got to fight. So I go, hey, uh, I think he's 15 or something. 15, let's go. He goes, okay, okay. I, I think this kid just wanted to get off the ice and take a and just sit down for five minutes. So <laughs> I, ended up, I ended up fighting him. Um, it went pretty good, actually. Um I think I, I'm pretty sure I won. Um, he fell down. I didn't. So that was a good sign. I get, yeah. I get to the penalty. I get to the penalty box and Duncan looks into me and starts smiling and then, you know, kind of goes back to coaching the game. So I'm like, all right, at least Duncan's not mad at me. I think he just he probably wanted me to get a, get a fight in too. So yeah, just get it over with. Now, yeah. uh, now did you guys now in some eras, not all eras, but in some eras, did you have a rule that, uh, if you didn't score, you had to get the movies for the bus trips. No, um, don't remember that. I think um, at that point, it was mainly the vets bringing the movies because they wanted to watch what they wanted to watch. So I, um, yeah, I, I don't remember ever having to pick out movies or anything. Um, I think the only thing I had to do was, you know, sing a song when I got shoe checked. So. Yeah, did you? Uh, not. For Toledo, but in Oakland, yes. And you know, Frank was the one who did it to me. Oh, isn't that nice of him? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, uh, now, did, uh, what was rookie dinner like? Rookie dinner. Let's see. We went to Applebee's, and um, you know, Fletcher was my vet. So Fletcher and Boots took Tickner and myself to, um. I think Fletcher's friend's house and they, it was two girls and they got us all makeuped out, you know, dressed up to the nines. I had high heels on. I was, you know, all makeup. Tickner had this long ginger wig that matches eyebrows and his real hair. And we're walking, and yeah, we had to walk in and that was probably the funniest thing in the world. Um, There was a guy sitting in the, in the Saddlebees and he was, he had a little too many pops. Yeah, and he was saying, "Oh, I just want to meet this. I want to meet a girl. I need to meet a girl." Blah blah blah. So it was Howie, Jake, Manners, and Tickner. They had wigs on, and I forgot what vet went up to. We 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 uh, we got three girls that want to come meet you. <laughs> so we send those three guys over to meet this dude. And he's just sitting. He looks over and 
you know, instantly just stone faced, like, what is going on? You guys are not who I want to meet. Right now. Oh, <laughs> and Manders Man- Man- is perfectly. He's got the high pitched voice. He's talking like a little girl. He's, he almost sat down next to him. The guy started off. It was one of the funniest things I've seen, but, um, I think it was funny on, on the way back. I was, um, you know, I was driving back. I, I drove Dave Lindesmith down there, and I we, we low on gas. So I pulled in the Myers parking, the Myers gas station. I got out in my dress and my high heels, I was pumping gas, oh, and no. I got about twenty or thirty weird looks. Like, what are you doing, kid? Like, what what bet did you lose? So, <laughs> well, <laughs> welcome to rookie initiation. Uh, oh, that is funny. Uh, now, uh, did the did the wait staff? Did they give you a hard time at all, or did they, no, were they I mean, in the, at that point? God, we had probably twelve vets and twelve rookies, so there was enough of us that it wasn't really that weird. I mean, there was a lot. Of, we had a lot of rookies my year, and it wasn't like a completely weird thing. So, okay, so, well, I, I mean, nothing. weird. It, it was it was weird, that's for sure. But having twelve was kind of helping. I mean, there's only like two or three of us that might have seemed a little. Uh, a little more out there, but having 12 of us kind of like, you know, group and, you know, it's more fun in the group. No, that's true. I think they probably, especially uh, being that close to the rank, they're, they're probably used to it. Yeah. The, I'd say multiple so. teams and stuff. But so now did you get, sh- uh, you didn't get shoe checked though. Did you uh, at all? Not like, in- with the Cherokee. Not until you do. I say that probably. I, I never got shoe checked. It wasn't until, uh, I, after the chair, I guess you check once. <laughs> we'll get to we'll get to that here shortly, but uh, so uh, you go from year one where uh, you you didn't always uh, crack the lineup. I mean, when you went to year two, did you see any of your responsibilities change or anything as far as uh, what you were supposed to do? I mean, yeah, I went from you know power play penalty or penalty kill kind of guy to um you know sixth seventh defenseman and then the next year it was um Corey Bashing and myself we were number we were one and two and then I was on the first power play with Rossman and Howie Howie and uh Tickner and Bashing and myself and I was getting you know first line minutes playing every other shift and if not I was you know how or Bashing we paired with someone else and I'd be on the second power play second line with uh, I played with I played with Ross Pillmore a lot that year, and he was my besides Bastion. I played with Pilly a lot, and you know me and him would go out there, and you know I was a more defensive guy. He was offensive, more more offensively. So I tell him, yeah, go and go for it, rush the puck up. I got your back either way, and I'm sure if I rush the puck up, you got my back too. So uh, same thing with Bastion. I mean, Bastion was a, was a you know kind of a kid could skate and move the puck real real good for uh, for how young he was. He went to uh, Shattuck St. Mary's, didn't he? I I couldn't tell you. I know he left halfway through the first through my second year. I don't know where he went. Um, maybe some some uh, private academy like that. I'm not I'm not entirely sure. I haven't haven't spoken to the kid in a long time. So yeah, I think that's where he went. Uh, and or he came from there. He came from there to Toledo. And the thing I remember about him was. Uh, the night we got eliminated in Pittsburgh and they, uh, everybody decided to sneak off and go have uh, one or two too many. Yeah. Yeah. He ended up getting t- t- kicked off the bus. I remember he, I think he was coming out of the hotel and he walked into the glass door next to next to the sliding door. And then he found yes. the bus. Yeah, oh, that was a fun time. I remember, um, yeah, it was that was a, that was a, that was a fun night to say the least. We um, we were all sitting there. I had to um, I had to wake Worst up. Worst um, was up late with Chase and Frank, I believe. And Worst comes in our room and just if Worst was the funniest kid ever. He had just had that like monotone kind of voice, but 
he could tell a joke or he just even look at you the right way and you start laughing. And that was worse that night. Uh, he was a, I love, I love playing with worse. I played, I played with him a little bit my, uh, my first year too. He was a fun, smart kid to play with as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, now when you guys uh, in that second year, you know, that was, I mean, I forgot about that. Yeah. Tick was part of that team too. And yeah, Cameron Rossman, man, that kid, he threw me for a loop. I mean, that guy has had so much talent as far as ability. I'll say that he had a lot of ability and he was just one of those guys that people love to love to torture and pick on. I mean, Rossman had a very special, um, I had a pretty good battle with Rossman, not going to lie. We, um, so I drove, I would drive down with, um, that year I had, you know, I'd drive down with, with Rick Ice at first. And then when Rick Ice left the team, um, Dean Kimsett came back. And I say Dean and I were, yeah, Dean and I would play on, I mean, he played on the first year too for a while. I mean, Dean and I were always really, really good buddies. I mean, I still talk to Dean every now and then we get lunch. He, he works a couple miles away from me, so I'll get lunch every now and then. But, um, yeah, Dean and I would drive down, we would drive to Taylor pick Rossman up at about, you know, two, we, we get to his house 245 and Rossman's mom gave us the key to the house. So we'd had, we'd go in his house and Rossman would still be sleeping. So oh we, had to get, we had to wake Rossman up and he'd take about 15 minutes to get in the car and he would bring this, you know, he wouldn't, you know, the kid could eat and he had this giant, giant salad bowl filled with a whole box of cereal, like a gallon of milk. And he would just sit in the back seat and chow this and, tell stories and what vitamins he was taking and what workout he was doing. I'm like, it's Rossman. Oh my gosh. I did his, I did a podcast with him a, a little while back and you know, it's funny. I didn't realize he actually went and played hockey in Europe. And I think I saw that. On, I, I, I was friends with him on Facebook. I think he saw that he was in Europe somewhere in like Russia or you know somewhere out East. Yeah, but yeah, he played hockey in Europe, and then I think it, it was uh, Czech Republic or something. Okay. Anyway, but uh, yeah, he's back. He's back in Michigan, uh, going to school, and uh, gonna finish his degree and stuff. So I mean, that hey, good for him. You know, good oh, on yeah. him. You know, so but uh, yeah, that that guy was uh, he was he was an interesting guy. He really oh, yeah. he really is and stuff. Now, uh, how do you eat cereal in a car? That's what I want to know. The, the salad bowl helped so it wouldn't spill. <laughs> I guess. It was, it, it was such a big salad bowl. It, it would take you know, take up about half the bowl. So there was still a full half. So if you spilled, it just kind of fell back in the bowl. Um, but yeah, it was, um, yeah, I think Rossman's mom, you know, Rossman had a great family too. You know, his mom and dad were really good, really good people. Rossman's mom would always, you know, and before um, Dean, I, we, we drove down with Zach a lot. Zach Mealy. And I, I love Zach. He, um, he actually lives about a mile away from me in uh, Berkeley. I live in, I live, you know, a mile away from him. I haven't seen him yet because of, you know, COVID and whatnot, but I'm probably going to get back in touch with him when he gets, when this whole thing ends. But yeah, Rossman's mom would, um, you know, every Thursday, Zach, Dean, myself would, you know, go to Raw, drive Rossman up and Rossman and I would have some kind of, you know, meal or dessert wait for us. We'd go in there, hang out for five minutes and then, take off from there during snowstorms we drive home and she you know she wouldn't let us drive the rest of the way so we had spent we would spend the night at zach's at rossman's house just to you know stay safe from the storm so yeah, that's cool oh but man still that is that's funny so now that second year um what was the team like what was the 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 makeup of the team uh were they good was it successful do you remember uh, I'm going to say the first half of the season, we were just an offensive juggernaut, to be completely honest. I think we went like 20 – we won our first 20 or 25 games in a row, I want to say. And then our first loss came in overtime against Chicago when they – the first night we beat them like 6-1. to one, And then they dropped down like seven guys from their NA team and they ended up beating us in overtime like 3-2. to two. And then – um at the end of the season, we, we, we kind of kind of we hit our peak too early on. I want to say with that team because we we had we had a lot of good. I mean, Tickner was on fire that whole year. 
Howie and Ross and both had great seasons. I think they they were on the first line with Tickner. We had um Steele and I can't say his I can't say his last name. So S S Y Sarinsky. Oh, Skazinski. Skazinski. Yes, him and then Joey. Joey Bresden were a second line, and those guys were just that was that was another fire line too. I mean, we had we could we could roll four lines offensively, and then I mean defensively, we just had to you know keep the puck out of our net. Um, you know, we would score five goals, they would score two or three, and we keep rolling. I mean, Wasaki was great back in that. Zach was great back in that. Um, even Shotty Shawa was great back in that. Lauren, Lauren um, Shotwell, I forgot yeah. about him. Him and I, we used to sing the national anthem at the at, in, in Toledo because we, we didn't have any words for the for the anthem, so we'd sit on the bench and we would sing the anthem to each other before each game. So, oh, nice, funny. Uh, were and everyone could hear you uh, on the bench. Ah, uh, you know, we, we uh, Tars gave us a few dirty stares, but I, don't, I think I think he, we we'd look back and we'd still be smiling. He'd be smiling at the end of it. So, I think Tars didn't mind. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, could you carry the tune? I mean, did you? Were you a good singer or no? Oh, we were awful. <laughs> we were yeah. awful. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I'm glad I didn't hear it. Anyway, uh, but uh, trying to remember who else was on that team. Uh, Luke Nichols was on that team, wasn't he? Yeah, Nichols. He dropped back to uh to defense, or he was a forward. He dropped back to D and uh and. I, I skated with Nicholas quite a few times. He was he was an offensive guy, and I was a defensive guy, so it was kind of like um, you know, perfect pairing right there at the end of the season. So I let him do his thing in the offensive zone, and I'd have his back at the end. Um, I played the uh, Alec Gilo. Yeah, I remember Gilo. He was a he was a funny guy too. Um, actually, a guy I played beer leagues with still, um, Mario McCarney. Yeah, McCarney. Yeah. yeah. I ran into him like four years ago. We, um, I had, I was running a team in Royal. I skated out of Royal Oak, and I was running a team. And the manager go comes up to me and says, "Hey, we got free ice. Um, the team from the lower league wants to see if they can skate. You want to skate with them?" I'm like, "Yeah, that's fine. We it's free ice. What are you gonna do?" And Mario was on the other team. I'm like, "It's Mario." So I got to skate. So I, I, you know, skated with them, and then he, um, I played on his team for. I played it was his friend's team, so I played with them for a few years. I still, you know, sub in every now and then for him. I mean, Good guy to run into, Mario. Yeah, I so. haven't, I have not seen. Well, like, like you, I haven't seen him or you until uh, since juniors. You know, so I mean, my goodness, that was quite a while. So now that man, oh man, I'm trying to think of who else. I, I can't remember too too many names because all the names run together. You know, and yeah. I remember the names. I just don't remember the seasons they always played in. You know. Like it might be off a year or two and stuff, so you know it's 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 a little hard sometimes, but you know that's what happens when you get old. But uh, I remember Cody Beck by chance too. I mean, I, I, I got I got one fond memory of Cody Beck. Yeah, he was the kid that had the Justin Bieber haircut to start the yeah. season. He was a linebacker with Justin Bieber haircut. Him and um, Smat, uh, Pat Smith as I actually played a uh, year with Pat up at Oakland. Okay. But I, yeah, the fondest memory I have of him is um, we played the Motor City Machine, the NA team, in the preseason my second year. Uh-huh. And I remember Cody just annihilated one kid on our team. And then he got jumped by, like, two of their guys. We were shorthanded, two killing the penalty. Killing the penalty. He got jumped by two of their guys. And then Gilo ended up fighting with um, Mike Monfredo, who had the, I had the pleasure of meeting two years later at Oakland. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we in the locker room, everyone kept saying, "Don't fight Monfredo! Don't fight my! Don't fight Monfredo! Don't fight Monfredo!" Like Gilo did, end up tearing up his. You know, I think he had stitches from like top of his eye to his cheek, and his chin was all cut open. I'm like, yeah, that's that's why you don't fight. Uh, that's why you don't fight Monfredo. <laughs> so. Good night. Good night. That's crazy. No, I remember Cody Beck because he had the he had the. I used to call him Cody Bieber. I did. <laughs> he, it used to get him so mad at me. He hated my guts for so long. He never would really talk to me and he, because it made it so bad because I always called him Cody Bieber. But uh, <laughs> I couldn't help it, man. I mean, who who cuts their hair like that? You know, after a, after a, a, a teen pop sensation, you know, Canadian <laughs> one at that. I mean, come on. You know, it's blame Canada. I don't know. 
But uh, seriously, though, man, he used to. And, and it wasn't until the end of that season we were in Peoria for playoffs, yep. and uh, it was I think it was uh, it was um, Mike Marconi, uh, Jimmy Steele, and I can't remember who else asked the coaches. They asked for me to go into the room and talk to them, okay. and. I never did. I never did any of that stuff, man. I mean, that I'm not a coach. I don't know what to say. So I talked to them and just kind of said, you know, hey, you know, uh, you play, you you play, you guys aren't. There's no rookies on this team anymore because we're at the end of the season and these guys, you guys are all hockey players and your brothers, blah blah blah. And uh, and uh, I just remember trying to fire them up, and I remember talking to Cody. I go, Cody, when we started the season, you remember, I used to call you Cody Beaver. I said, <laughs> and he looked at me, uh, he gave me the kind of, he kind of looked at me and then looked down. He's like, yeah. And I just said, you're not Cody Beaver anymore. You know, and, and he did get his haircut. Finally, he got the, he got the hint and, uh, you know, he, uh, but, uh, he, he, you know, I told him like, you earned, you, you earned the respect here. You're not a rookie. I said, yeah. now you go out there and play, you know, blah, blah, blah. And after that, we were fine. But yeah, for the longest time, he he never really talked to me because it used to get him so ticked off when I when I called him Cody Beaver. Oh man, that's funny though. I'm thinking about that. But now, so you finish your second year at Toledo. What happens next in the Kurt Shaner hockey career? So my second year, I was um. So I, first year I was in high school. Second year I was in college. I was going to um Oakland University. So, um, as, you know, as far as a drive from Royal Oak to Toledo is about an hour drive. I had another 30 minutes. I don't know. That was my drive from Oakland to uh, Toledo. So that was fun. Um, yeah. So I just, um, I tried out for the, uh, the division one, uh, ACHA division one team and, um, I made it. I was, it was kind of like a similar role as I was doing the, um, my first year in Toledo, kind of that sixth, seventh defenseman, um, you know, playing some games, sitting the other ones, but, um, yeah, that season I turned pretty. Uh, it was a pretty special season. So, um, you know, Frank was on the team. I, I got to be. Um, Frank was my vet. I was a rookie, so I was pretty cool. Um, met a lot of cool guys there. We actually went on a pretty deep national run. Um, so we went into Natty's as the 13th seed, and um, we ended up losing in the uh, finals, the Delaware. So that was a that was a pretty, you know, it was, it was pretty exciting. I mean, it was one way. I was one win away from being. You know, for me, I'm calling myself a national champion. Um, like the big, the biggest win was we um, that was Penn State's last year playing club hockey. So the mm-hmm. year after that, they were going NCAA or yeah, NCAA, mm-hmm. and we beat them five to two in semis. And our assistant captain Mac had a hat trick. He scored four goals that game, and he then he would go, he would run around from room to room singing Mac City, Mac Mac City. <laughs> that song it was that song still stuck in my head to this day from his four goals against Penn just killing it. And then um so after my first year, actually had a big had a big life um event happened me at the first year of Oakland. Um I had a daughter when I was nineteen, so you know, I you know, I talked to my you know, she she's now my wife, you know, girlfriend at the time, like I would like to play you know one more season if I could, you know, if it if not even it's okay, I got a kid now. So she she, she gave me her blessing, so I got to play one more year. And um, that was a great year, too. I mean, um, having your own kid come watching you play college hockey is, you know, I don't think many people can come can say that, but having her along was it was great. And, um, you know, I did that and, you know, hung them up, hung them up to that, moved on to beer leagues. Uh, I finished up school. I got my accounting degree, and, and I'm just uh, – Trying to skate as much as possible, two times a week. Um, I work for a very nice company, so nothing to complain. Nothing to complain about. I got, I got two kids now. I got a, my eight-year-old, and then I have a two-year-old, a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter. Both both daughters. So, so um, are you gonna uh, put them on the ice? You know, I tried with the eight-year-old. Um, yeah, she wasn't too fond of it. Um, the two-year-old, I think, is my um probably better choice. She's She's two and a half, but she's the size of a four and a half year old. Wow. Okay. And she, she acts like it too. I mean, she just she brutes her way around people. Um. So I think I, I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try with her. Um. 
see if she likes it or not. I get her into something at least. Um, just get her out running around. My my eight year old is very um very artsy, very very intelligent, very intelligent, very creative. So you know, she's more that path. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. That's a beautiful nothing, thing. Nothing at all. She's they're, they're both beautiful girls. I love them. I love them very, very much. Hey, that's the best in the world, man. That's the best feeling in the world. And if you look real close on each of their finger, pinky fingers, you'll see a little bit of you wrapped around it. Eh, you know. So, but uh, so now let me ask you: When you hung them up at Oakland, was there? Was it hard to do? Uh, you know. I, I thought it would be hard. I it, it wasn't entirely that hard, I guess. I mean, I think if I would have skated all four years with them and you know did my whole senior thing, that might have been harder. But I think having to maybe dip out a little early and you know just you know take take next take another step in my life, I think that kind of made it easier. I, I, I miss the guys. I mean, I still you know when I could, I went to the bars and hung out with them. I still I play hockey with a lot of them still. They're on my Sunday team, so. Um, it's actually run by my defensive coach at Oakland. So I still see a lot of those guys, you know, I'm good friends with them. I stood up in one of them. I was the best man at one of them, at uh, one, one's wedding. And um, so, yeah, didn't really, I, yeah, I missed it, but I still got to play, still got to skate. I just didn't have to get hit. So maybe yeah, that's a big right there. Well, let me ask you, uh, as we wind down here, do you see yourself ever getting to where you want to get back into it with maybe coaching? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I always thought that I could, you know, coach and give back a little bit. I used to, um, I used to be a, you know, kind of a camp counselor for hockey school when I was, you know, younger and like when I was 16, 17. And I always enjoyed doing that. The kids always seemed to, you know, like me, I would run off ice with them. I would, you know, teach them. I, I was, you know, I was a better skater than I was shooter. That's, you know, that's, yeah. Okay. Uh, so I, I, I would always help him skate, you know, how to, you know, really take off properly and just little tips here and there. So. Do you, um, what level would you like to get involved in if you do, if you ever do? Um, where would it take me? I mean, I would, it'd be nice to coach travel. I know, um, I know Sean, coaches a travel team and I, yeah, I never really asked him. I'd have to go to take some coaching classes, but you know, if he could you know, get me in with one of his teams, you know, help him out, that'd be, that'd be pretty cool. So it's just a thought, but I'm not too worried about it right now. Right now I'm just kind of, you know, focused on the job career. Uh, I might, might head back to school, get my MBA. I'm not really entirely sure about that, but you know, I'm sitting at home doing nothing right now besides, you know, working in fixing basements. So are fixing up my basement, so I might as well you know, head back to school while I still can. Hey, nothing wrong with that. So, um, now, what uh, what would the Kurt Trainer of today, if you could give any advice to the 17-year-old kid who got drafted in Toledo, what advice would you give that guy? Hit the gym and shoot 100 pucks a day because your shot's going to hold you back. <laughs> Wow. Oh uh, yeah, it's just just work harder than than what you did, I guess. I, I wish I could go. I wish I could go back and put a little more into it. I mean, even going back to like middle school, cursing, hey, just get downstairs and keep tearing apart your your, your mom and dad's basement. So, I mean, I, I tore it all down, but I wish I could do it again and again and again just to get out there and you know get stronger, get faster. But um, in the end, just say. Yeah, don't worry, but don't sweat the small stuff. Keep having fun. Keep playing. Keep skating. I mean, all you can really ask for is, you know, playing hockey. It's just about having fun. Having mm-hmm. fun, getting getting some friends, growing, you know, I don't mind having fun. Okay. Now, um, the other thing, too, uh, that I was just thinking about is um, who were the, some of the uh, – who would you say was probably the guys in the game – that impacted you the most? Um, so my favorite hockey player when I was, was like probably three or four was, I love Chris Osgood. I, I, I think it was the mask. I loved his mask. But when I got, you know, four, when I got five, six, seven years old, my mom, you know, started introducing me, you know, you should watch him play, watch him play. I, I love Bobby Orr, but I mean, number one was probably Nick Lundstrom. You know, yeah. I, you know, I, 
I remember I was seven, I was eight years old, and my mom was up at um, the Royal Oak Ice Arena. I was about a mile away from my house with my uh, little sister. She was figure skating at the time, and there was a tournament going on there. And there was this, you know, Swedish guy sitting there. My mom walked up to him, and it was Lindstrom. And my mom's a therapist, so she talks for a living. And she sat there. She called me from the painful and said, Kurt, get on up here now. Ride your bike. Bring whatever you want. Lindstrom's up here. I go, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I start panicking. I looking through all my cards, trying to find my Lindstrom card. I ride my bike up there, and I missed him by, like, five minutes. I was I was heartbroken, but my mom was there, and she talked to him for half hour and he signed a you know piece of paper for me i think i got it, i got a frame still in my uh in my bar down here so yeah awesome. yeah lindstrom okay now um how about away from the game uh, who would you say are the people that have impacted your life as far as uh, the decisions you make the, maybe the type of person you want to turn out to be that kind of stuff what uh, who would you say impact have impacted you um, you know, parents definitely, um, they're the ones that kind of pushed me to go to college and, um, um, say my grandma too, grandma, um, very kind person. I mean, she just, she taught me, you know, there's no real reason to be mad or be a jerk to anyone. Just, you know, if you're nice to everyone, you find out that it's pretty easy to just, that every, you know, pretty easy to, to have relationships with everyone. Everyone turn, tends to like, you know, like, you're not really have a bad thing to say to you. So. At her, um, you know, I, did, I, I could say my daughters too. You know, I probably, I probably will say my daughters. I mean, especially the uh, the older one because I had her so young. She kind of forced me to, hey, you got responsibilities now. You're um, you're a young kid, but I mean, you're not you're not just looking out for you right now. You're looking out for her too. So um, she kind of helped me mature very fast, very young. So I, you know, love her for every minute of it. So. Hey, amen to that, man. Well, uh, one last thing. Uh, is there anything you'd like to say to Cherokee Nation? Because uh, we've got alumni that listen to this. We've got uh, coaches, alumni coaches, fans, kids, current players, old players uh, from way back when. Uh, every There's a lot of folks that do this. I'm very grateful for it. But, yeah, we got a pretty good bunch that listen. Um, yeah, just – Keep supporting the tribe. I, I love the the, um, the national run they went on this year. Uh, I followed it on Facebook. I uh, you know turned tuned into all the um. I tried to make as many live of the you know the live podcasts as possible. Um, just keep on keep rolling on. I guess keep keep going on. Bring another national champ. Uh, bring another Natty back to uh, Toledo. Love that place. You know, love the barn. Love the people down there. They're all friendly. They're all nice and you know can't be a better place to play junior hockey than Toledo, to be honest. What, what, who are some of the people you remember from back then, like away from the, away from the rink, or, you know, whether it was the game day folks, the training staff, whoever. I'm going to say a uh, big Mo for sure. And then a uh, doc, you know, both big Mo and doc. Doc was probably the coolest guy ever. He was just, he was very nonchalant about everything, but he had this, you know, he could always tell jokes at the right time. And then Mo was, um, you know, mean as hell to me my rookie year but once I became a vet he was coolest guy ever I mean he's still cool as a rookie but he's 10 times cooler as a vet as being a vet you know he kind of had that like um a vibe like hey you're one of us now man come on in here so you're in yeah, the club you're in the club pretty much that's great yeah well Mo, Mo is one of a kind man that guy is just he's a treasure so um now and so is Doc. Doc is, uh, you know, if 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 I do nothing else in this world, I can I can at least say, you know, I Doc came to the Cherokee through me, and okay. I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back, not at all. I'm saying that because at, at least I did something right, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I did something right. So, uh, but uh, Doc is one of uh, one of uh, the guys that. I cherish the most uh, in that organization, you know, obviously, you know, not just him, but, you know, I mean, Mo, Brandy, uh, Bobo, uh, when he would resurface the ice and everything. And even the guys like uh, Colby in the bar, you know, 
uh, and uh, and Lee Ekman, and of course the, it's the house that Sap built. So you can't say anything without mentioning Sap because that's where it all for me that's where it all uh, starts and stops. So oh, yeah. you know, but uh, all just wonderful people, you know. And nowadays with uh, Jake Manders' uh, parents running the organization, it's in good hands. So, you know, you can't ask for better than that, you know, with Don and Carrie and, and all the folks that are there now. So, you know, uh, hey, I tip my cap to them and I hope they keep doing a bang up job like they've been doing. So, well, hey, Kurt, I tell you, man, this this uh, just flew right by, man. It didn't even seem like we've been on that long. It was great catching up with you, man. You, me and you too, man. I really, you know, like I said, we, back then we always had a pretty, pretty decent friendship and, uh, I'm glad we were able to renew it today. And, uh, this has been fun, man. I, like I said, I, uh, when, whenever we get back to whatever normal is supposed to be, we're going to have a little reunion and okay. I'm, so we're going to have, I'm sure we'll have an alumni game, but I just want to get us back to where we get a bunch of us at, to go to a Cherokee game. And sit there and have a couple of diet Pepsis and and uh, and uh, just sit there and laugh ourselves hysterically telling stories, you know, because oh, that that's the best, you know, is the I'll, stories. I look forward to that any day. You got it. So I'll keep you in the loop, and we will stay in touch because now you know it's like, like I said, this was easy. This just felt easy, you know. I've I've had guys that I I, I never even met that I've done podcasts with. And it's like, okay, you know, we'll do it and I'll be good about it and everything. And it was great. Had a wonderful time with them. But it's like, like uh, guys like you who I've, who I knew before and, yeah. you know, we're friends with, and it's like, oh yeah, it just, it just kind of rolled in easy. You know, I didn't have to, I didn't have to wonder, hmm, I wonder how this is going to go, you know? And I've never had a bad podcast where, or a podcast where I went, oh boy, you know, I never, that's the beauty of this thing is that I have not. I have had nothing but fun and have enjoyed every single one. But it's just like I said, but it's like there's there's some guys that I I know and it's like so I, I can just glide right in with it. And you're one of those guys. I just glide right in with it. And it's a lot of fun. So well, number twenty thanks for having me. Thank you, man. Thanks is all to you. So number twenty four in the program that is Kurt Shaner. I am Mick, and I tell you what, it's been a lot of fun here. Please subscribe. Get uh, That way you get notified every time a new podcast drops. They drop every Wednesday and Saturday, but that way it lets you know so you don't forget. So wherever you consume your podcasts, just put in Cherokee Rewind and subscribe, and it'll be all good. So for Kurt Shaner, I am Mick. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Cherokee Rewind. <laughs>